Zona Voice working out at Bad Royal. Check it's called Getaway. I want to say big ups and welcome, welcome, welcome to each and every one of you on the, to the broadcast tonight. Inviting to call a friend, tell a friend. Friends of your friends, friends of your enemies, enemies of your friends, and even your enemies. Tell everybody. Tell them it's community and finance night on the night shift to DJ Kevin Stew. I want to say hello to everyone who is locked in right now. Those on TuneIn Radio on the night shift to DJ Kevin Stew. Those locked in from New York, an island worldwide, exhibiting the power of music. Big up to those out in New Jersey on NIE Radio. Much love to those across the pond. One Harmony Radio. Top of the morning to you guys over there in the UK. Blessings to those out of Texas. Hailing on WGLRO, home of the Donnie Walker Morning Show. The People Station. Taking it from the sheets to the streets. Big up to those on Aliwap Radio and Dusik Media Groups. Out of South Florida, I want to say hello to those on the Foundation Radio Network, ClintonLindsay.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to say big up to those who are locked in on Facebook Live. Oh, pardon me. Facebook Live. Remember, it's only a segment broadcast, so don't get too comfortable. Inviting you to use the link in the description. It's kevinstew.com. And with that, I say greetings to those who are locked in on kevinstew.com. Home of the night shift to DJ Kevin Stew, where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, man, I want to get away to, you know, you know, sometimes you just want to escape from the hustle and bustle. You want to escape from the craziness that is called this life. Whatever this life may be for you. Sometimes you just want to get away from it. And I understand, you know, it's cool. Nobody's judging you. Those of you who are tuned in everywhere else, everywhere being those, apart from those places that I've already mentioned, I do want to encourage you to jump into the stew pot on kevinstew.com. If you want to know what the stew pot is, 
It's what others call a chat room. But because we're fancy over here on KevinStew.com, it's the Stew Pot. I see my guests are jumping in. Lining up on the broadcast. Waiting for a couple more to get on in and get ready. In the meantime, let me take care of some housekeeping. And I say thank you to my segment sponsors, Pulse Media Group, for innovative streaming and recording solutions. When being in a moment is priceless, you want to give them a call, 754-999-6020. They can do everything you see here on KevinStew.com and so much more. So you have a seminar, a church service, a wedding, a funeral, a party. And you want to stream it live? They have a hookup for you. Call them up, 754-999-6020 and tell them DJ Kevin Stew sent you. say thank you to Althea and her healing heavenly hands. Althea issues a licensed massage therapist operating out of Broad County, North Miami and South Palm Beach counties. She comes to you, bringing her table, her healing heavenly hands, her oils, and over 20 years of massage therapy experience. Give her a call, 954-655-9000. Or email her at theolator at att.net. And for those of you who are looking to get a little workout in, but just don't know how to get started and work on that summer body, she's also a licensed, a certified personal trainer. So she'll put your muscles in pain and she knows how to soothe them. Thank you, Althea, and your healing heavenly hands. Outside of paying her, she only has one request that you get off her table and go sleep somewhere else when she's done. And trust me, I always fall asleep. I want to say thank you to Reggae Global Entertainment. Reggae Global will act as your booking agent, handle your tour management, Take care of your trademarks, your business registration, legal service referrals, marketing and promotion, music and music production, and so much more. Get them a call, 954-804-8199. Or check them out on reggaeglobalentertainment.com. And of course, thank you to GMAC Music Solutions. Bringing your event to life, GMAC Music Solutions provides sound, light, and stage production services, musical equipment, PA systems, audio engineers, DJs, bands, musicians, singers, and more. Give them a call, 754-307-GMAC, or check them out online, gmacmusicsolutions.com. And let us get away. So my co-host with the most has joined us. Let me go ahead and open up this line. 
And she is here in all her splendor. I think the whole crew is here now. So let me go ahead and uh, bring her up here. Hey Tasha, how are you? With her supermodel wave going on. <laughs> Well, well, let me find out. I got, I got the wrong profession now. Because I already <laughs> need this one. <laughs> Go on now with your supermodel wave. Go on. Give it to us. Give it to us. <laughs> How are you, DJ? I Kevin am well. Smooth. I am well. I can't complain at all. Partly because no one will listen and partly because I'm grateful for, for anything that I get dealt. So There you go. There you, know, you go. You know, I, I'm gonna try to get a better, um, a better picture going on here. I'm on the road. I'm not even in Fort Lauderdale tonight, so this okay. is my makeshift, my okay. makeshift uh, okay. communication equipment. Go on, Globetrotter. <laughs> go on now. <laughs> it's so great to have everybody here. I can't wait. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Um, without further ado, uh. Thank you guys who are jumping into the stew pot on KevinStew.com. Marlon, big up yourself. Big ups to the, the, the general manager of Reggae Global Entertainment. Much love to you, sir. Um, much love, brother. All right. So without further ado, Tasha, tonight it's, it's all you with this round table right here. An amazing yes. lineup for the night. And I want to thank you for doing that. Why did you move over to the side? You can come back over to the center, man. If you don't know why, then I've accomplished my purpose. <laughs> I still got my trainer wheels on with this this internet appearance stuff. I'll be I'll be back to the center in just a minute. Okay. But okay. DJ Kevin, yes. still I am so elated. I mean elated right now in this um this meeting with us or some of South Florida's finest, Florida's finest, period. I believe it. I believe it. Okay. I believe it. Um, these women I not only respect as colleagues in the legal profession, mm -hmm. but are just fine people. I mean, just fine people all around. They're professional. They're uber intelligent. They're caring. You know, I always tell you I'm a lawyer, but I don't have a lawyer personality, so I don't keep friends with a lot of lawyers. But mm. if anybody is here tonight are good people. They're my people. Nice. So, <laughs> so I'm in good company. Yeah. Oh, no. You're in trouble, actually. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, you don't know the trouble you're in tonight. So without further ado. What did I say? No, okay. <laughs> uh, let me... <laughs> Let me introduce to you, um, I'm just going to go in the clockwise order of how I see them on my screen here. Okay. So we, we've all done or do family law in here to varying degrees and everybody will you know, speak to their own experience in a little bit. Yes. Um, but I wanted to just sort of bring us in as a sort of um, melting pot of other disciplines and practices. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that way your viewers can have a chance to hear us discuss how family law, which is what we're always talking about here in this new pot, right. um, intersects with other areas of life. Because really and truly, 
you know, the courts might have a different court for this, a different court for that, but in real life, it's it's all mashed together. Mm. Okay. Okay. So um, first and foremost, Althea Campbell, hailing from New York by way of Jamaica. I forgot your parish, Althea. <laughs> <laughs> Originally. Yeah. Hi, Althea. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm I'm great. I'm I'm excellent. Okay. How are you? Yeah, I tapped Althea as my immigration expert. Give us your background, Ooh, Althea. Nice. Okay, so I've been an immigration attorney for the past uh, 20, just over 20 years. I've been practicing here in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Attorney admitted both York and Florida, so sometimes I take on some New York cases. But primarily, um, I've been in South Florida since uh, 2000, 2001, 2000, 2001. Mm. And solo practitioner for all time. <laughs> so... Um, what I found is what I started out with immigration and then I found that my clients also needed family law services. Okay. So long after I, I started doing um, family law as well. I went to the city university of New York and I did a whole, um, my specialization was immigration law. But like I said, um, my clients did need the services for, I, I guess we'll talk later on about how, immigration and family law interact okay cool. yeah dj kevin is um supervising the stew pot right now the the chat to see which uh which questions come up first but i already have fielded some common consumer questions so uh we're, we're gonna get right into this and then next we have the lovely beverly mcneil my social security expert extraordinaire Mm-hmm. Hello. Hi. Hi, everyone. Yeah. So, hey, Beverly. Yeah, give them the bio. I don't see the DJ. I see you touch it twice. So, oh, hi. <laughs> because I'm not running. So, um, my background. Uh, I guess I. It's going to be ten years this year. I've been a practicing attorney. Um, like she said, we all have done some some sort of family law, and I did do family law, practice family law earlier, but I've been practicing social security disability for the last five years. Mm, okay. And um, I actually love it. So I'm here to talk about that and how it relates to, I guess, specifically child support. So yeah. And that's me. Sweet. Oh, background. Um, yes. My family's from Trinidad. Just wanted to point that out. The best island in the Caribbean. Okay, I'm really half American, but I really, you know, I embrace my Caribbean side more, <laughs> as everybody probably knows. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Listen, there's nothing American about the way Beverly dances, okay? She's... <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Spill uh, the tea. Oh... <laughs> <next up>, uh, <laughs> is the fantasticness of Samantha Parchment. Um, very gracious and patient and <laughs> forbearing president um, of the Jamaican American Bar Association. Um, she practices um, in civil litigation and she is here tonight to talk about, give us some insight as it pertains to the probate and those mm. matters and property, property matters. Because okay. you know, that's where the blood spilled. Yes. So there and you know, children. 
And so, um, Samantha, the floor is yours. Let us know uh, more about you, please. Hi, good evening, everyone. I'm Samantha Parchment, born, bred, and raised in Jamaica. So I'm 100% mm -hmm. Jamaican. Yes. I went to University of Technology, formerly cast in Jamaica. I went to Holy Childhood in Jamaica, big up Holy Childhood. So I'm 100% Jamaican. I went to Florida State University, go Seminoles. Mm -hmm. um, I love the practice of law. I meet wonderful people every day, both clients and my coworkers and fellow workers. Um, sometimes it becomes tedious and difficult, but we're usually here to help. And I think everyone in this forum, our job is to actually help to navigate the legal waters for our clients when we have them. And so I'm here, I guess, today to cover probate and how it interrelates with family law. And bankruptcy, if, if, if and it bankruptcy. comes up. Okay. And Whatever tidbits you have, yes, well, ma'am. Again, you know, typical Jamaican, I do several areas. So, hey, I can help with that, too. Nice. Nice to meet you, Samantha. Welcome nice to the broadcast. Nice to meet you, too, Melting Pot, Kevin. <laughs> okay. Who, who's up next, Tasha? And last, but certainly not least, yes, yes. I mean, the, like, drum roll, okay? I can't give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to decide which woman in one of these squares has heard me cuss more bad word when I get in my. Oh. <laughs> I, get in my I think that'd be me. That'd be me. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably the wonderful Miss Kimmy King Lindsay, um, who is here tonight. In, I mean, really, I just want it all, right? Um, mm -hmm. I met her when we were practicing dependency way back in the day. Um, she is a family lawyer, such as, you know, the rest of our, or myself and, and Althea, and we, we've all done it. Um, out of everyone, I believe that Kimmy and I and Althea probably have the highest percentage or devote the most to family. Um, correct me if I'm wrong now, please. So um, the um, Kimmy King Lindsay also has experience in the criminal field. Mm. Um Yes, considerable experience. So I could come and discuss that intersection. But um, also where she can, she and I, we can tag team this, and I'll see, I believe you can as well. Um, Amber Glasper was not feeling well, so she won't be with us tonight to um, hold court for the dependency. So okay. between between those of us who are here, we, we got that. Yeah. Okay. So Kimmy, please. Take the take the floor and, and tell the people about yourself. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Only you can get me to be out of my bed at 1024 or out of my computer because I know Miss Althea, <laughs> Samantha, and Beverly understand that this is prime work hours <laughs> for wow. us or prime sleep hours. It's either we're in bed early and wake up early or in bed late and wake up early. <laughs> so... Oh, you can get me up here like at 10 o'clock at night, but I'm happy to be here. Um, I have my, the majority of my practice is family law. I also do criminal. I started my, um, I've been 20 years now into uh, my practice as a lawyer. I started out as a public defender. And then when I started my practice, I did a little bit um, of different things. And I found that I loved family law and I loved criminal and I settled on those two. Um, I also do some 
um, real estate in terms of like eviction on behalf of like landlords only. Um, but that's the majority of my practice. Um, with my practice um, with family law, there is an intersection with some criminal cases. Um, domestic violence tends to be a big one, and mm-hmm. a lot of it does cross over sometimes with um, dependency cases, cases depending on what's going on with the children um, for some of the families. So that is, in a nutshell, my practice. Happy tonight to discuss, you know, answer questions and see how I can help people navigate the system. Um, because as Samantha and Beverly and Althea said, you know, we all love what we do. Um, and we do it to help our community and the people. So our clients are not just, you know, when you hire, you know, your, your community, it's not just about another case for us is making sure that we're doing our best for our people and we're doing the best job for our clients, um, given their circumstances. Yes. Um, so I, I'm happy and I'm to be here. So, oh, my background is I, um, I'm a transplant, uh, so I'm originally from the D.C., Maryland area, Um, went to school at Temple University and then University of Maryland for law school. So I'm not a South Floridian, but I have been for the last, I want to say, 12 years now. So I think it's official. I can say I'm a South Floridian by way of uh, Maryland, maybe. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So happy to be here. Awesome. And so, you know, I didn't even realize is that we'd all be solos here tonight. We're all solos. Oh. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solo practitioners. Oh, wow. I'm... Okay. So, I'm in the midst of of success and greatness. I'm loving it. Yes, sir. Um, Which probably contributes to my demise. But it's okay. I, I, (laughs) I, I, I will stand up to it. I, my back is broad. I'll, I'll take it. Um, and, right. and and to the one foreigner in the group, <laughs> welcome to the Caribbean. <laughs> right. But I, I, I do thank you, you all you ladies, um, before we even get down into it. Thank you for taking the time out to be here tonight with us. To, to, to share some information, some great information. And I, I have my notebook ready to take some notes. So um, I can show you. It's right here. Yeah. See? My notebook is ready. <laughs> All right. So, so now I'm really ready. I'm going to throw the first question, DJ. Again, you know, your, your, uh, your mind in the stew pot so you can let me know if anything's burning in there. Right. But, um. One question that comes up often, I want to make sure I get the uh, question out according to like who's gonna be here and for how long. So I don't know how long we have you, Samantha, but so I'm gonna empty you out right now. <laughs> so in my practice, I know I've come across people that say, listen, I don't wanna, you know, lose the house. You know, I feel like I'm gonna lose the house in this divorce. Will filing a bankruptcy help me? You know, how, do, how does that intersect when uh, someone who has a family case that's pending, there is mm. a, a real property or home, and they think that maybe they can avoid something that's coming down the pike in the family case, or even foreclosure. I mean, the basics are valuable as well. I'm going to give 
I want to say dads, but really everyone, but it's June, it's Father's Day month. So I said, let's get all the ladies together to, you know, help the dads. But yes, really, please any, help us out. Yeah, you can tackle them in turn because I get that question a lot, even though I don't practice foreclosures. Well, will filing a bankruptcy help me? So you can take those two questions, any order you want in regards to how it affects the family case or vice versa, and then how it affects you know, when someone finds out they're being foreclosed on. Okay, so I'll take the family portion first and then I'll discuss the foreclosure. Okay. So as with anything and you're married and you're getting divorced, you have to share property. Um, and so house tend to be one of our biggest property issues as far as it comes to uh, assets within a marriage. And so oftentimes, depending on the person, you can either negotiate to get the home, whether it is because you have contributed more, you want to have unequitable distribution, or whether it's simply because you know there was it was premarital and no, and and you both decided or agreed that this person would keep the house. But there are issues sometimes involved with that, where the mortgage is in one person's name and that's not the person who is keeping the property. And how do you negotiate or navigate through all of that? And oftentimes it comes to an agreement. Mm. So if I'm getting the property, I'll just say, Kevin and I are married. Kevin, you just got married. Hi, hubby. Hey, wife, how are you doing? <laughs> so we're married and now, you know, it wasn't working. We're in Splitville and in the property seconds. is in your name. And mm -hmm. that house, I'm getting it. But the mortgage is in your name. How do we navigate that? So oftentimes we have to come to an agreement, whether it is that I'll get three months, six months, a year, whatever it is to refinance that property out of your name. Mm. And that is usually how that is resolved. But then sometimes the property is in foreclosure. And as um, attorney Simmons asked, do you, would a bankruptcy automatically save you? And it's a yes and no. So it's kind of strange, right? When I say yes and no. Mm -hmm. So you have different types of bankruptcy. And oftentimes people are most familiar with what is called a chapter seven. Yes. And they assume that if they file this, it will stop the sale. Yes, it will. But it doesn't solve the problem of the foreclosure. So oftentimes when a client comes to me, I recommend that they do instead what is called a chapter 13 with mortgage modification mediation. And that's simply asking the court, hey, force these people to talk to me. Let us see if we can work out something so that I can be in a better position and keep my home by making an arrangement to pay these outstanding amount. Sometimes they're successful, gotcha. sometimes not so much, but oftentimes, as long as you're making your payments as agreed with the court, you'll mm -hmm. be able to stay in your home and hopefully you'll find a solution. But there are other times too when it's not worth saving. You may just need to buy some time because the property is so upside down. And I've seen those situations where the property is valued 250, the person owns owes 350. Is it really worth saving that home? Mm. In that situation, you may want to say, you know what? In, in a bankruptcy, let me give back the bank that property. When I do that, they cannot come after me for any deficiency balance. So that 100,000 that I would technically owe them gets wiped away in bankruptcy. Gotcha. Hopefully I answer the question. Yeah. yeah we're we're divorced now, Kevin. We just, you know, we're divorced. I heard of shotgun weddings, the shotgun marriage, shotgun, shotgun divorce. divorce. Listen, That's a I have a feeling that Kevin is going to be married 
many times tonight during this discussion. <laughs> well, you know, and he's going to sire a, a plethora of hypothetical children tonight. You mean I'm going to have so, kids, more kids than what you and I already have, Tasha? More than our our mystery kid slash kids, which oh, we haven't my goodness. figured out <laughs> the identity yet. So, um, thank you. That that was awesome. Any of our um, other other uh, attorneys have anything to add to that? Because it sort of branches into some other things, and I'm trying not to hog the conversation. But um, that was that was a lot in a good way. As a matter of fact, um, our you're our barbershop representative, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> How I, does I got, this? I got uh, all kind of hats tonight. <laughs> No, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going <laughs> to ask me all of the questions off the air and then act like you're just good. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 all right, go, go ahead. ahead. All right. The, 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 the working with the divorce. Now, I'm pretty sure that by now, a lot of people have heard the stories about getting divorced and wanting to, one, get out of the marriage and two, get out of the debt that they may or, well, sometimes get into in getting a divorce. And sometimes they even want to get out of giving the ex any of their property. Now, is is Samantha the person now that 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 me I would go to to find the loopholes and the corners to cut and uh, whatever it is that I need to work in my favor against well she's my spouse that I'm divorcing so maybe I shouldn't go to her <laughs> well, okay so I'm divorcing Tasha no Okay. So, Sam, I, I came to you yeah. and I'm like, you know, so the, the, the three houses, the boat and our 2.5 kids. I, I want to make her suffer so badly that I want to keep everything, but I don't want her to be coming around and going after me. Well, you know that that's never gonna happen, right, Kevin? Oh, well, she is going to come after you, and uh, you know. So one of the things is that I, any of these ladies can answer the question that deals with family law because I also practice family law, and yes. I guess that's more family law um, issue than anything else. But I'll take a quick crack, and everybody else can jump in. So oftentimes, when you're in Florida, especially Florida, mm -hmm. what you've accumulated th during the marriage is considered marital asset. Right. And when you hide or try to hide your asset from your spouse, some of them will already know what you have. Women are really smart and sometimes will know what you have. OK. Yes. But if they come into a really if they go to a really good attorney like myself, Tasha, Althea or any of these ladies here, mm -hmm. chances are you're definitely not going to walk away with with without losing at least probably a half of everything, okay? So, no, going mm. through um, probate nor bankruptcy would help to prevent you saving these assets. What I would advise you, though, is that if you entered into the marriage with assets, mm -hmm. those are called premarital assets. 
Right. Now, when you're in marriage, if you, let's say you had a house, mm-hmm. right? It's easy to use a house. So let's say you had a house and you decided you got married. You love Tasha. You got married and you moved her into that house. You have just changed what was a premarital asset into a marital asset. And any accumulation of value during that marriage, whether it's passive appreciation or otherwise, will now be subject to marital distribution with Tasha when she decides to leave. Which is why the prenup is important. Prenup is important. However, again, when you're looking at a prenup, you have to consider other factors too. Did you make full disclosures? Did she get the opportunity to have these documents reviewed by an attorney? Was she pressured? Did you know certain things are (laughs) (laughs) so usually what I would suggest is that if you're gonna do any of these things, the first thing you're gonna do is give one of us on a call and say, Hey, this is what I need to do. You a lot of times people are penny wise and pound foolish Mm -hmm. so they act first and then they come to you after they've already made the mess and then you're supposed to clean that mess up right so what you can't do correct and you can do what is called a post-nop but then that is even more consideration than the prenup so oftentimes i'll say you know what you have assets you want to protect before you jump into a marriage go to talk to an attorney Oh my goodness! And, and so, uh, I'll piggyback on a couple of things. One, it's easier to just give them away and be done with it than to um, have it be found that you're you've been hiding assets, and now you're going to have to pay for her lawyer's fees and sanctions. You bring yourself to all of that kind of craziness. So it's. Never a good idea. Wait, hold up. Um, hold up, hold up, hold up. Give me. You're saying I should give away what I worked so hard to achieve? Just give it away just because I fell so, in love one minute? Here's the got thing. Got married the next? Okay. Well, here's the thing. In the state of Florida, what's yours is mine, and what's mine is mine, and what's yours and ours, it's, it's a very, you know, blurred line. But the uh, minute you say I do, the minute you say I do, what you earn, whatever income you earn as a job, as interest on whatever income that you're getting, it's marital property. And I think sometimes people have a hard time understanding that, yes, your job that you go to, that you work at, that your wife or your husband has nothing to do with, that is your that money that comes from that job doesn't matter if you put it into a joint bank account. It doesn't matter if you put it into a separately held bank account. That job, by operation of the marriage, from the date of the marriage, that income that you garner from your job, that is marital property. So what Samantha was talking about is if you have a premarital home Mm -hmm. that you just bought, like she said, and you now moved the wife in, you're using your income to pay down the mortgage. She may not put one dime towards that income. Towards that mortgage, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, towards yeah. the mortgage. But the fact that during the marriage, you're now putting your income to pay for the mortgage, that makes that portion of whatever has been either paid down on the mortgage or whatever the equity that has accrued on the house from the date of the marriage to the date of the filing of the divorce, mm-hmm. that makes that marital property. So it's, it, that's why she's saying it's really important 
that if you have a marital home, if you have inheritance, if you have anything of value that you feel like you want to protect before you get into your marriage, do it now while you guys love each other, while you guys like each other, <laughs> and you can talk it out. And make provisions that say what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. No matter how we utilize it, no matter how we commingle, it's going to remain, you know, your sole property. Because in the example that Samantha gave, you're going to keep your house. So at the divorce, you get to keep your house, mm -hmm. but you still have to pay her the equity that has accrued during the time of the marriage. So on the one hand, you're like, yay, I get to keep my house. On the other hand, if you're married for 10 years and those happen to be the 10 best years that, you know, the equity in the house has shot up, she gets half when she leaves. And yes, she didn't put a dime. She was there. She didn't pay for any repairs. She didn't pay for the mortgage. She didn't pay for the light bill. She didn't pay for anything. Mm -hmm. But guess what? By operation of the marriage, it is now <laughs> marital property. So I think that, you know, that's a great distinction. But going back to what your question was, it is never a good way to kind of like try to hide. Speak to your lawyer first. Meet with Althea. Meet with Samantha. Meet with Tasha. Meet with Beverly. Because what you want to do is you want to say, hey, I'm thinking about getting divorced. These, This is where, you know, how long we've been married. This is all that I have. What is going to be considered marital? What's going to be considered non-marital? Um if I pay off all of the bill, is that considered, you know, dissipation of assets, right? Mm. If I pay off the cars, if I pay off the credit card, is that considered? So that way, if you want to get rid of something and you want to walk away free and clear, what I always tell my client is rather than you walking away with debt and having to see Samantha or Beverly or, or Althea for a bankruptcy, you may want to, well, no, not Althea, she doesn't do bankruptcy, but um, you may want to just go ahead and pay off some of those debts to um, make sure that you're walking away without wife's, you know, $10,000 credit card strapped to your back or wife's, you know, shopping habits at Neiman's to your back. So if you have the money and you have the means, you don't want to give her, you know, if that $10,000, you don't want to give her the five, then what you may want to do is say, okay, fine. Rather than give her the five, I'll pay off the credit cards. I'll pay off the car notes. So that way we're both walking away free and clear of debt. Mm. Just one a suggestion. Though, respectfully, respectfully, Kimmy, I do have to disagree with you on one thing. And I'm so okay. sorry to do this. No, no. Yes, save I me, totally Sam. Save 100%. me. Hundred percent would never tell anyone. Just go ahead and give away half of your assets. Oh because no! Remember, there's unequitable distribution. There are yeah. arguments for it. Really solid, good arguments for it. Mm. And I one hundred percent cannot agree with that one single statement. I'm so sorry. Okay. But that's no, no, no. I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> no, no, no. I understand. I'm not saying like, you know, just pony up the, you know, the bank accounts and everything, but I'm just saying like, it, it doesn't make sense to hide and come in. If, if it's marital property, you know, if she's been cheating and, and, you know, even though we're a no fault state and spending money on her boyfriend's cars and house, yes, there are going to be arguments that, you know, for inequitable distribution. Right, right. If, you know, she's been living in the house and, you know, giving her income, putting her income in a savings account while you're paying all the bills. Yes, there's going to be arguments. So, no, I don't mean like, you know, just write a check to her for half. I meant like it's just not smart to like try to play hide the ball. Because right. any 
self-respecting, decent attorney on the other side, we have what's called mandatory disclosure. We're going to go through those documents. We're going to see the transactions and we're going to call right. you out and you're going to end up paying more money to fight, to clean it up than it's worth to then, you know, it's just not worth it. Yeah. I, I, Nothing. Go I, ahead, I, please. Oh, sorry, Tasha. No, I was going to jump in times in a divorce. Um, what we end up with compromise, right? We end up with with some compromise. I I had a divorce uh, two a couple of weeks ago, and um, my client had it was a premarital asset house, and he wanted all of his. Um, <laughs> all of his money back and but he had <laughs> like like um uh some he just or he had moved the wife in and mm -hmm. lived there for the last 10 years and now she wanted half and so what we were able to negotiate at um mediation was okay the first um thing was like 80,000 30,000 and the next seventy thousand divided um, for both, you know. So that was the compromise that we were able to to work out. So he ends up getting the first thirty, and then seventy divided by two, another thirty-five. Okay, so um, so amount, that, but he did that that kind of worked out where it was pretty evenly distributed. To, to settle the, the differences in court? Because you were breaking right. up a little so bit. So they gave him a credit. They gave him a credit towards what he had paid, um, um, which, again, that's negotiation. That's not the, you know, that's nego that's Althea's negotiation skills because, gotcha. you know, if I'm on the other side, I'm saying, you're not entitled to that. Give me my full <laughs> money. But, you know, that's, that's, that's a testament to her skills. <laughs> Go on, Althea, with your bad self. Oh, that came you get it, but in the work out that way. I'm sorry. Say that again. I said get that, but in this case, it did work out that way. That you know. Um, yep. So I guess I'm just agreeing with both Kimmy and Samantha. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's sometimes yeah. somewhere in the middle, right? Yes. <laughs> it's interesting to me, you know. Um, ask you just about the barbershop question, uh, DJ Kevin. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you got right to where, you know, a lot of men, they love to talk about the prenup, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> never the post. No, definitely it's the prenup. like they seem to be obsessed sometimes, but, you know, it really, it really is something that you know, once the bullet is shot, you know, once you are married, you can't pull it, you can't pull it back again. Unfortunately, and so it, it really does deserve all of the the hype, you know. Unfortunately, you know, in a in a better world, not maybe a perfect world, but right. better world we wouldn't need them, right? Right. Yeah, if you don't handle it before you go in, you know, you're basically just sort of mitigating after that, and so and you know, uh, go ahead. Uh, I'll say that, you know, people come to you and I'm sure you guys have seen it when they want to do the prenup. Oh, I, I want in the prenup that we're not going to pay child support. No, sir. That's against public policy. Wait, child support is not going to People actually come to away. ask that? Sorry? People actually ask see, that? What I, have or, to or what I have to deal with today. <laughs> what? You, 
you cannot prenup away for child support. So, you know, and I'm sure, you know, and I'm going to switch the topic a little bit Ms. Sam uh, to Miss Samantha and, and actually Beverly. I don't know if you guys have seen it recently where some of these guys, you know, for whether it's for immigration purposes or for benefits purposes, um, have gotten the bright idea to sign the birth certificate on a child that they know is not theirs. And lo and behold, you know, now you're getting a divorce or now, you know, you, there's the child support has hit and it's like, what do I do? And I'm dealing now. It's the craziest thing ever where the client came to me and they put a man on the birth certificate, knowing that that man was not the, the, the biological father for another reason. They were trying to, uh, uh, let, let's just say there were some tax implications. And so that was one of, and now the parties are getting divorced and it's like, well, that's not her daddy. I don't want him to have time sharing. I'm like, uh, that's her daddy. So what do you guys do when you have wow. situations like that, where they've created this crazy mess, whether it's for a tax purpose or for immigration purposes or for, you know, getting social security and now it's like the love is gone and they want you to wave a wand and take it off. Like, what do you, mm -hmm. how do you guys usually handle that? I'm actually well, going to take that question and add to it and punt that up to Althea first. Um, and then I want to stick a pin on the alimony because I have something for uh, Samantha on the alimony. Beverly, I'm saving you, honey, because, you know, <laughs> child support is its own, you know, web as far as explaining it to the public. So I'm saved, I'm saving you <laughs> for that. But so, um, so I think Althea knows about this case. I had a case where a woman did that, Kimmy, with her brother-in-law. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> she, and because I do immigration, um, does it work? Tell us, Althea, does it even work? People doing that, is it even effective? Um, I've seen a couple where I've seen where, and I only learned this after the fact. Let me just be clear I'm not participating in any such scheme, okay? Mm -hmm. It's not, I'm not helping you to do it. But after the fact, I've seen some situations where. A, a, a person came to me once and I did the disestablishment of paternity. What you do is disestablishment of paternity. And after the person came after she so she no longer had operation your, at all. Your, um, your feet is breaking up a little bit there, um, Althea. Could you, could you repeat that? Yeah, your 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 feet is breaking up just a little bit. Oh, can you hear me? I don't know. Well, Hello? we're hearing you. Yes, it's just that it, it it cuts in and out. So, could you repeat that for um, me, please? Oh, I was saying that that particular case, we had to do this and um, take. The de facto, well, I don't know if you call him de facto dad, but the, the person who was not really the biological dad, we were able to get him off of the birth certificate. Of course, there are ramifications because now this child thinks that this person is, is his dad and it's not his dad. So we don't even want to go into those issues, addressing the fact that you can't have a to have eternity.
I've done it in, on a number of occasions. Um, uh, you, I've even done it where you're doing the divorce and I've filed simultaneously a petition to disestablish paternity and both of them have been handled by the, the same judge. Okay, so it can be done. Um, but wow. again, I've never heard of that. Yeah, a petition to dis disestablish paternity. Yes. And but this and is so only when you, you oftentimes have to you have to do a DNA test right. which you attach the results to your petition. Got you. Okay. So when when you can actually prove that you know, you went on Jerry, they did the test and he announces you, you are not the dad, you know, then you can go ahead and, and move forward with this part of it. Yes. Okay, got mm -hmm. you. Um, before before we go much further, those of you who are tuning on Facebook Live, please use the link that is pinned in the comment section. Jump on over to kevinstew.com, jump into the stew pot and um, participate there. The Stew Pot, again, is a chat room that is on kevinstew.com. You don't have to sign up for anything or register or anything like that. You just jump right on in. You can remain anonymous, but feed your comments there. If you want to call in and be a part of this, this discussion and you, you have a question that you want to ask, go ahead. Use up the number, 773-789-STEW, 773-789-7839. You can call, you can text, you can watch WhatsApp, you can telegram. And feed us your 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 questions, and we'll see if we can we can address that before we jump off here. Okay, so sayonara. And stay anonymous if your situation is particularly scandalous, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you can stay anonymous for that. <laughs> All right. So. All Alrighty. Right. Yes. So while we are here, before we get too far from it because we're getting more into immigration and I, I want us to do that. Yes. But since we're here sort of in the cross-section of prenuptial support as far as alimony, child support, okay? Or alimony is, is also known as spousal support if you hear that term, mm -hmm. right? I wanted to circle back to the bankruptcy um, because I've had people come to me after divorce, right, where they either were strapped with alimony by the court or agreed to the alimony, either way. But, you know, even after the children are grown and they've paid off the child support and they're good there, but there's, they still got alimony going on. Hey, Attorney Simmons, Attorney Samantha, Attorney, uh, yeah, Attorney Kimmy, Attorney Beverly, I'm about to file bankruptcy anyway. Can't I just, you know, are they going to wipe out the alimony too? Mm. I'm going to say it in two different ways. No, sir. You're stuck <laughs> with that for life. <laughs> wow. So no, the answer to that is no. So alimony or child support cannot be wiped out in a bankruptcy. Those are one of the things that will never happen, cannot happen. Now, if you have an alimony situation, you, you can request a modification if, there's, if your situation has changed. So let's say, for example, right now I'm earning 100000 I was earning 100000 when this alimony was placed on me. Well, COVID came and now, you know, I kind of lost my, uh, my employment and mm -hmm. it's permanent loss. And I don't know if I'm ever going to work again and we'll see what happens. Then you have had a change in circumstances that would justify you going to the court and say, well, you would choose one of us first, of course, and then we would go to the court and pretty much argue and say, listen, there's a significant change in, in, in circumstances that is more permanent 
And so at that time, we can get a reduction or get rid of it. Now, anything you've accumulated, please know that you are, as long as you're alive, responsible for that. And when you're dead, if there is money in your estate, you're responsible for any back amount that you owe. So your estate, so in other words, it can follow you to death. So and beyond. <laughs> any back amount, okay? So of course, when you pass away, it ceases. But if you owed, because you decide, well, I'm just not going to be paying it and she didn't do anything. Well, your estate can become liable for that alimony as well if there's money there to be claimed. So it follows you to death. So you can't get rid of it. The ghost of alimony passed. And, there you go. And, and child support passed at times. Yeah. So Jeez. before I, um, and again, you know, everyone keep jumping in. I just wanted to sort of throw something out there to my higher earning brothers out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on, who you're talking to or who you're communing with. But, and ladies, you can chime in, but I get these requests for modifications, right? Where this otherwise very erudite gentleman, <laughs> very astute, very well-read and intelligent fellow, somehow induced to sign something saying he will pay non-modifiable alimony. Why are you all doing this? Uh, I just want to send it out into the airwaves and just hoping it will hit the right somebody in the head. Non-modifiable means just that. You're stuck with that <laughs> you for know? life. I can care for you. I can cry for you. I can feel for you. Maybe I can file it for you if I can find some type of real basis because I don't. none of us play around with that frivolous stuff. But... Yeah, it, it kind of goes back to get help, talk to a lawyer first before you sign things. I can't tell you how many times just this past year, right, that I've, I've just had to ask a prospective client, why, 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 why did you sign that? <laughs> oh, I, you know, you've been there, Tasha. Like, I've been there. Like, I have never done a non-modifiable. But, you know, I'm sure we've all been there. They just want out so bad. They're they done. Want, they're tired. They just is. want out so, so bad. Okay. It's like, whatever. And that's one of the reasons I don't do marathon mediations anymore. I'm out of there by 5 o'clock. If we haven't settled by 5, that's too late, too bad, I'm gone. Because when you hit that 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, people are so punch drunk, just want to go home and just want to be done and divorced. They start to agree to uh, child support until the child is 23 uh, or to pay for college tuition. No, you can do that on your own. You can pay for your child's tuition. You don't have to put that in a contract. And that's what people fail to realize. These are contracts. So yeah. you agreed in a contract to pay permanent alimony, non-justifiable, I mean, non-modifiable. Uh, yeah, it's not justified, but non-modifiable. And now you want to <laughs> go against that contract that you made because what? You now have a disability and you can't afford it. But guess what? It says what it says. Non-modifiable. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you're going to be hard-pressed. I mean, there are some judges I, I mean, with everything with the law, and I'm sure Samantha is going to say that because I saw her eyes. Um, <laughs> you know, you can't request the modification and it's up it's going to be up to the judge if you can prove that at the, the circumstances but it's you know the law the case law is out there you can make a bad deal and it's on you you're going to have to find a judge who feels bad enough to say okay this is something that's different than what 
these other cases say, and I'm going to modify. But I mean, mm. there really has to be. And a hopefully, court. opposing counsel didn't bring a court reporter <laughs> to appeal the court. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but that's I mean, it it, it can be modified under certain stringent circumstances, but it's like the guys, again, who signed the, the, the birth certificate, knowing they going, well, that baby ain't yours. We go, I, we're going to circle I'm back to that at the that. end. I, 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 I can't wow. even get over it. That and the whole non-modifiable uh, alimony agreements and, and child support, and that's, oh my goodness. It happens a lot. I, I want I want my brothers and my dads out there to understand what that sperm is gonna get you into. We need a I I, I, I don't know if sperm. I can stress it enough. I just not the sperm. I, <laughs> no, hold on. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's the swimmers. <laughs> you know what I mean? I um, I think I posted the other day just in jest, but I've really had cases where, you know, one of the parties thought, oh, well, no, I'm not worried about us getting pregnant. You know, I use an ovulation tracker that I downloaded to my phone. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> because oh, Patrick, I want you to bring up something, too, that's really important. A lot of guys will go ahead and DOR contacts the Department of Revenue and yeah. saying, hey, you have to pay child support. And they'll be like, you know, well, you know what? I'm just going to pay. But um, they don't understand that when even when they do that and when they have this, they have if they've never been married to this mother, they still have no rights. I think that is one of the things that clients are actually. You mean I'm paying child support and the mother can do whatever she wants. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We devoted a whole Monday to that, didn't we, Kevin? Yes, we did. Ah, yes, we you did. Go. You all are welcome to come back anytime. Um, since since we touched on one of the reasons that payors, typically dads, or we know it's not always dad, right? We done had some yeah, moms. Yeah, most us, of the times right? it's dad. Uh, uh, yes, yes, or typically I would say. So some of the time they say, okay, well, look, all I'm getting now is disability income. Mm-hmm. That segues now to, to Beverly because I'm always going to her like, wait, hold on. Which one is the one again? <laughs> because, um, you know, you see disability income, SSI, SSDI, and many uh, layman's like I did before, even as an attorney years ago, thought they were interchangeable. So they're distinct. And I, I would like uh, for Attorney McNeil to talk about the distinctions of the type of disability income. And then, um, you know, which one counts as income for the purpose of calculating support? Um, I think there's case law on that that maybe any of us can speak to, but I, I would like for Attorney McNeil to kick off that combo and just, my dear, empty out everything you have on the subject. <laughs> mm. You're mute. All right. I think you're muted. Yes. Okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. Wait, no. You're still on mute. You're still muted. Yeah, she's muted. This is Maybe. not Zoom. Oh, okay. there you All go. Right. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> I was literally clicking on my actual um, thing, but that's okay. All right, so. You're forgiven. I can't. Yeah, I can't even find myself now. So I'm sorry. 
All right. So the difference between SSI and SSDI. So, Mm -hmm. well, I'll start with to say what I handle with disability is basically when a person wants to apply for disability and they're denied. um, I usually help them, not usually, but I do help them fight for their disability benefits. Now, I also handle people first apply for it as well. I help them with the application process and everything. But usually... The representative attorney, the work comes in after they were denied initially because 70% of applicants are denied the first time. Mm-hmm. That's how they people. The people who are usually awarded for disability benefits is the people who do, do not give up and keep going. So after you deny the first time the initial applicant, as a initial applicant, they sometimes do something called a request for consideration, depending what state you're in, Florida has request for consideration. Is when they look at the information one more time to see if you're disabled, most likely they'll say no. Then at this point, it's time to appear in front of a judge. And usually your chance of winning are 40% higher in mm. front of a judge. And that's when my work more come in because I am ordering the records. I know what type of evidence each judge likes any any area of law if you know your judges that's always a good sign of course right right so disability, i know which judges want more mris i know which judges wants more medical opinion from the actual doctor some judges don't even care about that so one of the things about disability like i tell my clients it's a game basically it's basically a game and you gotta know how to work the game um, cause a lot of people forget that, well, I paid money into social security and I'll tell the difference in a minute. I pay all this money in social security. I should be entitled to it. It's an insurance. You're paying into it while you're working just in case you become disabled. So security is not going to give you that benefit, those benefits, unless you are actually proven to be disabled and being disabled is not because your back hurt and you can't work. I've, got calls for all, all sorts of disability. And, and yeah, some people actually can work, but because the unemployment checks are running out or because they ran out other options, that sometimes they feel like they could apply for disability, of course, for, you know, benefit. But if you are really are disabled. Now there's two kinds, SSDI and SSI. SSDI, Social Security Disability Insurance, as I was saying, it's insurance, and Social Security Income. Mm-hmm. Social Security Disability Insurance is what basically when you are working, you get paid, and they take out the money out of your thickest taxes, or FICA, you know, the money that they take out for retirement, that goes towards your disability as well. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you have a strong work history for the last 15 years, and you've been paying into Social Security for at least the last 10 years, and then you say, okay, I'm going to apply for disability. I'm disabled now. I am not able to work a job for 12 months or more. That's the, one of the requirements. Then Social Security will look to see if you're disabled, and if you are, you'll be entitled to your benefits. Now, that money that you paid into all those years, the Social Security Disability Insurance, SSDI, that's what they count as income for child support. So if you are receiving SSDI and you're behind on your child support, yes, it could garnish your SSDI benefits. There's no way to for, for me to stop that because I have been asked that. It's like, no, there's, and there's no way for me to stop that. Also, not only child support for alimony as well, 
Oh the Dawn Street Witches Friday morning. And also, which I have one kind of surprise. Wait, wait. I yeah. think DJ Kevin's about to be sick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't. And then also, if you owe the IRS taxes and you get awarded um, SSDI benefits, they come quick. Try to mm. garnish that back pay from you. Because mm. I had a client that was kind of upset about it. But I mean, that's just how it is. Now, SSI, which is another type of disability you get, those are people who don't have a work history. They haven't worked. They don't have enough, as we call, work credits to get the SSDI, Social Security Disability Insurance. So now they look at another option. I'm disabled, but I don't have enough work history or work credits in order for me to have SSDI. So what are my options? SSI, which is from the government. That money is from the government, which is basically well, like welfare, and mm-hmm. you have to have a certain income in order to qualify for that. Okay. Now that doesn't count as income for child support at all. They can't touch it because it's from the government. So if you're disabled and you your income is or your resources is no more than two thousand dollars as a single person, no more than three thousand dollars as a married person. And you, let's say you are working, but you're not making no more than probably 1300 a month. That's enough because you technically can work while you're on disability, but you can't make no more than $13 a month, $1,300. And that's not a lot. So you're right. not spending that as you're earning it, right? Huh? Like they expect you to just spend that on living. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so the option for SSI is another option if you're low income. For your disability, so if you're disabled and you're low income, as we say, then you get SSI. If you are just disabled and you have this work history, you've been paying into the insurance. That's SSDI. So those, that's the difference. But gotcha. if you owe money and you want, and it is kind of crazy because with SSDI, is usually the clients that I have that has, you know, a strong work history. They usually. Um, have you know high paying jobs or whatnot and everything. Usually, my SS clients, unfortunately, are, are so I have a lot you know homeless clients or people who don't have work history. Right. Um, they're barely making it. So with that, so in conclusion, child support, alimony, all that cannot touch your benefits if you're receiving SSI benefits only. However, if you're receiving SSDI benefits, they could definitely touch it, garnish it, whatever to pay what they need to pay. Because I guess they look at as your income. That's your money that you have paid into. So it's still money that you've earned. So that's the, the difference of the two. The struggle so is the, the real. SSDI stands for damn. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly and right. You can, and you can get more. You get more with SSDI. Because SSI, you capped at like only 700 a month. But SSDI, you're capable of having more. So, of course, everybody rather have SSDI as a disability benefits. And your back pay could be so much more. And then your monthly benefits are more. But that money could be touched as well. So It goes yeah. to alimony. It goes to child support. Yes. If you're behind. If, if you're, you're behind, behind. And they got to come after you, right? Yeah. So, I have, I have clients who call and say, hey, can they touch my benefits i'm on behind on child support i always tell them if it's just ssi no they can't but if it's ssdi then they could touch it so Mm -hmm. well yes i I agree i agree um Mm -hmm. i want to sort of 
<laughs> okay, Kevin, let me give you let me give you a few moments. You are struggling with this. <laughs> I'm just I'm just feeling it for the brothers out there that have gone through it and and now they have to go through it some more because they ended up falling the behind. Is power, DJ. That's why we're here. <laughs> see, see right there. It says it right here on their shirt. It says it right there. From knowledge but sprouts Kevin, power. Sorry, I'm sorry, Kevin. I I take one. You know, I'm sorry. I have to be the one that's going to disagree with something at all times. Help me because out, because I know this instead the brothers. But remember, they're the sisters, too, that have that same issue because sometimes the men are the ones who are holding down the fort with these kids, okay? So a lot of times we seem to forget that and we leave out our men and pretend like they're not great parents, too, and that they're the ones holding out the fort while the woman is the one who's paying child support. So remember, it works both ways. The yeah. same thing with alimony, the same thing with everything. So whatever happens with the male also happens with the female so i'm gonna just you know remind you of that since well, you think it's you. a bro thing it's not Th a bro thing thank you it's for the reminder because but you know <laughs> it, when, once you start talking child support and and alimony immediately the thought goes to the man who is paying child support the man who is paying alimony and i guess it comes back from way back when when it was the man as a breadwinner and the woman as the homemaker and well, now we have it, the, the playing field kind of leveling out a little bit. And sometimes even swinging, the pendulum swinging the other way, where it is the man who is a, the, the homemaker. And sometimes do, having the dual roles. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that reminder, Samantha. I, 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 I do appreciate of that. Thank you. I say here also, not to interrupt, but um, I think it goes back to what we used to call in family law, the tender years doctrine where it was the women um, back in the day, uh, the women were automatically awarded um, full custody of the children yes. and, and the men called visitation. Yes. Now that that has been done away with and it is it now legal and it is now understood and accepted that men and women have equal rights to their children mm -hmm. and that both get, um, shared parental responsibility is the is the accepted legal standard. So men and women can both expect to have 50-50 time sharing a uh, majority of the time. And and so the changes have also contributed to the, the new situation as well, where it's not um, just uh, men who are not having the majority of the, you know who have the lesser time and therefore pay the child support where if if it's 50 50 and the woman makes more she's going to pay child support to the man mm -hmm. um for, for the child too if she makes more than he does yeah but ladies how many times have you had cases especially i find this a lot of times especially with my caribbean men I don't know what it is, but as soon as it gets to child support and I'm like, okay, well, she's going to owe you spousal support. She's going to owe you child support. No, no, no. No, nothing from her. She not want nothing. All right. Yeah. So whenever you come across, give me, whenever you come across those men, you go ahead and you call me up and say, Kev, I need you to come down to the office and just oil up your hand so you can just slap this dude for me. <laughs> well, well, Kevin, she doesn't have to do that though, because fortunately, 
the child support is the right of the child. child and so exactly. and so whether or not he wants it, he's gonna get it. Right. So he will get it regardless of what, as long as right. it's due to the children, because he cannot say, I don't want it. And so I'm going to waive that right. It doesn't work that way. What? If he's entitled to it and he doesn't want to spend it, I tell my clients, you don't want to spend it, open a bank account, bank for account. The right. put it yeah. in there for them. It will be their money for later on, but so, use it wisely for them. So a part Simpler. of the slap though, Samantha, is just so that they understand that it's not just a woman paying them some money. It's, it's it's just that that you just mentioned. It's the right of the child, and it is for the benefit of the child. So if he's caught up in this pride thing, and and I don't want anything to, from her, I don't want anything to do with her, I'll gladly come down there with oiled up hands to slap him. Yeah, man, I, I lay hands on him. The example I use is to say to them, listen, if you can give the, ch the child chicken on your money, imagine now the child can get lobster with both income, with yes. both money coming, okay? Yes. And wouldn't you want your child to be eating lobster sometimes too? Yeah, man. Then they understand the concept a lot better. I, I like that. Thank you, you for saving them, Samantha. Thank you for saving the children. There you go. There you go. I I think the one thing we're all saying is child support, regardless of if you're collecting disability, if you're collecting your salary, it's not going away. So, so watch you know. your sperms. <laughs> watch them. No, I they, mean, we really got to do. I, I listen, didn't want to, you listen, are in South Florida. Listen, I can't blame the guys for that. You're in South Florida. You're in the home of turkey basters. You're in the home of taking out the 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 the, the apparatus out of the trash can and putting it in an ice box to go. You know, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, I, you know, you I know a lot Florida. of us. It's the wackiest place on earth. <laughs> Listen, South Florida has what four professional uh, athletes teams here. So, and I know that um, I'm not the only one that do um, athlete and entertainers as clients. I know everybody does as well. So, how many times have you guys seen? You know that they're like, oh, I, I don't, I, I don't know how that's mine because you know I pulled out. Listen, <laughs> I had someone. I had it happens. I had an athlete's representative tell me, a representative mom in that case, oh, yeah, she wasn't supposed to get pregnant because that was her first time. First time what? What? Say what? <laughs> Wait. Yeah. No. yeah she, so I was like, oh, nobody told you virgins were fertile? <laughs> But you know, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. I can't put it all on the yeah, men because, no, you know, some of these women, you know, they, they, they are seeking when they hear a brother is working and is making, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000 a year for them, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's the jackpot. He may yeah. not be a millionaire, but to them, he might as well be because child support, you know, is something that they can get. So it's not just them. They, they also have to understand, you know. You know, mm -hmm. circumstances are what circumstances are. Get yourself to a lawyer and figure out the best ramification. Don't be, I don't know why people are scared of child support. Like, you know, a lot of times if you are paying child support and you have visitation with the child, that's the, that's the second piece. Please hear me. Don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't, don't forget this fact. Mm -hmm. And you have court ordered, let, let, let me clarify. And you have court ordered visitation with the child. 
there's no need for you to be scared of child support because with your court-ordered visitation, you're going to reduce your child support. And any parent knows whatever you're giving to mom for like a hundred, a couple of dollars, you're going to spend three times that much when the child is spending time with you. So yes. it's not worth yes. you arguing over child support. I think most of the time we like to fight over getting you your time sharing. So for me, I'm, I'm not fighting, you know, mom about you having to pay her $600 a month. But I will fight to death to be able to, for you to be able to see your child, like Miss Althea say. You know, for the most part, it's equal time sharing in Florida, unless you can show that the other parent, you know, has um, issues that present a safety hazardous conditions to the child, or hasn't been in the child's life, or there's relationship issues. So, if you've been in your child's life, you have a relationship with your child. I'm not scared about six hundred dollars a month, and neither should you. Mm. I know it's a lot of money, but this. Invest the time in making sure little Johnny, little Rebecca, whoever is able to see you every week, is able to spend Thanksgiving at your house, is able to spend Christmas with your family, is able to travel with you so you can take him back to Jamaica and see your family. So you can take her to, you know, Trinidad so she can, you know, engage in the culture. That's what we spend our time because child support is only one small piece of the total picture. So I think a lot of people focus on the support piece of it mm -hmm. and they forget that what they're getting is at the back end of it, they're getting the ability to not have to wait for mom to give them permission to see their kid. They don't right. have to wait for grandma to, you know, bring the kid to them on a Saturday on the side of the road. The court's yeah. going to say, yeah. pick up your kid from school, drop them off at school. It's life. And I think that when you look at it at a total picture in terms of not your divorce or your paternity case, when you look at it that I'm walking away, yeah, I might have to pay child support, but I also get to be dad. I also get to be full-time parent. I also get to be in my child's life. It takes this thing out just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit, but it takes this thing out. Yeah. I agree, yeah. you know, Kimmy, because you know what's important? I think, as you said, so many persons are focused on only the child support, but they don't remember the value that they're adding to that child's life. Because exactly. you know what? I'm a mother. I can't be a father too, or his father too, right? And there's something that you're bringing to that child's life that is not something, it's, it's, it's beyond value. You cannot put a tag, a price tag on it. Yes. And a lot of men focus, and you have to also be realistic because I've had men come in, well, I want 50-50 because I don't want to be paying child support. Okay, but you work Mondays to Friday. And you work from 12 p.m. in the afternoon till right. the next day. Right. Come on, let's be real now. So you're just worried about the child support and you're not worried about what is in my child's best interest. Yes, yes. And so we have that to balance too. Give your child what is best for the child and spending time with that child is worth everything. Mm -hmm. There you go. And um, I know DJ Kevin, that is a... A topic that's very close to your heart. That's what oh, yeah. we initially bonded over a few yep. years ago. We, we you know, met on parental alienation. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we, we tend to look at that as the inferior parent emotionally because of this, you know, just incredible bond that, you know, God and nature have given mother and child. But, you know, we got a big dad's up again. And we got to, like like Samantha said, we, we can't be mom and dad. Mm -hmm. We might, you know, some of us may say that. You may go out and hear some women say that, but no. Yeah. Dad got to be dad. And yes. so we want to 
um, again, we're here tonight giving that's the information we know that uh, you all ask about, answers to your questions, questions that we've seen that uh, DJ Kevin and I have fielded in the past and received. It's just, you know, tonight is for you guys. <laughs> so I hope everything that's coming out so far is helpful. And so I'm going to just make an abrupt shift. There's some, some, some great segues here, but I do want to make an abrupt shift into the immigration. And Funny, again, that's where, that was where I wanted to go. What's that? That was where exactly where I wanted to go. Listen, man, we we here, we here, we're here, yeah. we're here. You already know it's, it's, it's all right. <laughs> but I was actually gonna, you know, turn to you for the question as our barbershop liaison. You know, what question do you come across most often? I mean, you always have your your how-tos as far as, look, I want to file a family petition. I want to bring up mom. I want to bring up son, daughter. Yeah. So those things are always out there. You yes. know, you can't discuss that enough. But as far as what the guys are saying, what the brothers want to know, what comes up most often, I know I so, have a couple in the back of my mind, but what are you hearing live from the barbershop? Well, so just like how... Uh, a father can get into trouble with the, the, the child support, typically. What kind of problems does dad run into when now filing for residency sometimes, or what's in the case of, of, of um, getting citizenship? Does that affect the, the, the child support part of it? Does that af affect it any you know, if you fall back on child support, if you're behind on your child support and you're trying to, to get your citizenship, is that impacted any? Should I take that? <laughs> yes, I think, because I, I am curious. I haven't checked the statute in a while because that's not my area. Is that a moral turpitude thing or where does that come yes. from? Well, Go away out there. Yes, it is. What? It, well, before I get to that, what it is, if you are... Um, if you're filing for citizenship, mm -hmm. okay, um, there's a period when you have to oral character. So if you're being card based to a U.S. citizen, then within three years of getting your card, if you did not get it based on marriage and you got it other means then within five years of having your green card you can file for citizenship right so in those five three years, years by marriage five years otherwise cool right if you in those years now if you once you're going to file you have to before you file as these attorneys keep telling you check with an attorney you cannot know how many times people have come to me after they have filed been turned down because they never went to check if they were qualified mm. to, um, apart from having the number of, if they were qualified to file for citizenship at that time, or they needed to clean up something, or time go back. Right. So, with respect to filing for citizenship, you have to show that you had good moral character in the five years, particularly in the five years, before you file your petition. And of course, there's always some exception and difference that, that some other thing that matters out there. But primarily, you must show five years or three years of good moral character. How do you show that? Well, one, if you have children, you have to show that you were maintaining your children. Mm -hmm. and 
therefore, if you were married and the children lived with you, that's not the children lived with you. However, if the children did not live and the children lived live with their mother or grandmother or some other place, then now you have to produce evidence that shows that you took care of these children. Right. So often I am having my clients go to the, and it's oftentimes the men issue because oftentimes the children are with the mothers. Yes. So I fathers be going to the mothers and sometimes they no longer speak. They are sworn enemies now. All right. And now we have a big problem. If you have a child support order from the court, then it's easier to show because you simply get a certified copy of your printout that shows all your payments mm -hmm. that you have. And it shows that you were up to date on child support. But if you don't have that and you don't have an official thing, you now have to go to mom and you might have to say, mom, can you please give me a, a letter, a notarized letter that explains how I have been taking care of my child. Or even if she doesn't want to do that, if you have a, your bank records that show that all the payments, your return, some dads, and again, we've been talking to the dads all night. Some dads will give over cash. Yes. And you give your payments in cash and somebody has amnesia. Okay. So they mm. say, well, there's no record of child support from you, right. you know, because it was all that. I say to my clients, do not pay child support in cash. I don't care how they beg you and tell you they don't want to go to the bank, whatever. Mom, say it again for the, for the ones who can't hear in the back. Yes. <laughs> do not pay child support in cash. Pay yeah. in a manner you hand it over in cash, proper receipts. Okay, and, or a check, bank transfer, but have a record because you're going to need that record if you're applying for citizenship and your children didn't live with you. So that's only one aspect of good moral character, though. I have to say there are other aspects of good moral character. One of mm -hmm. them is whether you had a criminal record. You've been arrested. You've been charged with a crime. You've been convicted of a crime. I could go into detail on that. But that's another one of the things that will stop you from having good moral character, depending on whether you were arrested, charged with a crime, and what was the outcome within the five years file your petition. Right. Other thing that um, we get is uh, how much time have you spent here in the United States out of those five years or three years? You might have been traveling extensively. You go out and you stay for seven months and then you come back. Well, you know what? You have broken the residency time that is required for you to be here. Because out of those five years, you need two and a half years of continuous residency mm. in the country. And yes. oftentimes, you have that. So they have to start over accumulating their time. There's another thing that seems to affect men. Um uh registration with selective services so if you were a man who, who lived here between <laughs> the age of 18 and 25 18 and yeah 26 sorry 26 mm -hmm. and you did not register with the selective services and people might say well i was illegal you know what they don't care even oh, wow. if you were illegal somehow 
they expected you to have registered with selective services, which you would not have done because you would have thought, I can't do this. I'm illegal. Right. Okay. So Basically, they're saying I, you should not have been illegal. Right. <laughs> right. So now if you're not beyond 35, I believe, um, mm-hmm. sometimes these numbers don't stay in my head. But after a while, after 35, it doesn't matter. Um, but up to 35, it does matter. You know, so you got to be careful to make sure that you register with selective services if you're living here. It's not registering with the army. You know, some people are like, should I register? It's not the army. It's 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 selective services. It's military, but it's not registering to be in the army. But right. this one requirements, okay? So these factors you have to consider to establish good moral character um, and child support being one of them. Um, if you want to apply to become a, a U.S. citizen. Gotcha. There, there is a large gap of information there. Um, and I'll bring, you know, Althea and Kimmy in. And of course, anyone can jump in, but you've probably seen this the most, the two of you, where um, despite what any handout that the court may give a defendant in a criminal case, you know, I've seen some courts give out handouts I said listen before you take this plea (laughs) before you consider this deal understand there may be some immigration ramifications behind taking this plea deal and despite that I've seen time and time again you know where I'm being asked to refer you know someone to an attorney which is you know when I call one of you ladies (laughs) Because now this thing is holding up my immigration, but I wasn't found guilty. I pled out, mm. you know? So it's just, I think that needs to be more common knowledge. That needs to, I want that to, to get to the urban myth legend, just like this whole thing about if I have 50-50 time sharing, child support magically goes away. I want it to get as yeah. widespread as that garbage. <laughs> that is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but before you begin answering and speaking to that, um, I I do know that um, our dear Samantha Parchment is retiring for the evening. And so I just wanted to thank her. And DJ, go ahead and just thank her I, for being with us tonight. Oh, yes. I, 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 I thank you, my very new wife and very new ex-wife, all in one breath. Um, <laughs> welcome to the Night Shift family. Uh, there's a spot here for you all the time. Tasha can tell you, 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 you know, we get connected, you're connected for life. So welcome Thank to the family. Thank you. You all have a great night. The cantankerous one is out the building. <laughs> and it's been a pleasure having <laughs> this conversation. Bye. Take care. We'll all right. Have a good year. night. Bye. Bye, Samantha. Bye-bye. <laughs> yes. So... Um, yeah, just this, this gap of information. If we could just, like, like Kimmy said, louder for the people in the back of the barbershop. Yeah. <laughs> how to, what, what do you do in these situations? How do you avoid your criminal matter uh, messing up your immigration later? You know, because there seems to be an assumption that if I plea out or something like that, then, you know, yeah, I'm good. I mean, um, Tasha, like you say, knowledge is very important, okay? Because there's end up or situations where you can't make it go away. You can't 
make it disappear because the thing happened. Okay, you did the deed or and so it, you can't make it happen. However, in the handling of that process, um, your criminal attorney needs to collaborate with an immigration attorney mm. so that when you act, if you actually have to take a plea, because I'm not a criminal attorney, I've done motions to vacate convictions, but I'm not. If, if, if resolving that is better with that for you going to trial, then that plea with the knowledge of the immigration, with the, the knowledge of the immigration effect. So you might come to an agreement with the prosecutor that you will not a because he for B, there's an immigration remedy should mm. it come up, whereas there's none if you plead to A, you know. So sometimes they're able to fashion these pleas. Gotcha. That when the immigration aspect comes up. Oh, might, I see. You might think it's double, double jeopardy for you to have pled out and you, you didn't do time. And then here comes the federal government coming after you to put you in deportation proceedings when you thought this case was over. But actually what you pled to was something that put you in a different in, category. Uh, in, in, into problems with the federal law. So the, 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 the criminal attorney and the immigration attorney have to sort of work together to fashion that plea that you can avoid being in deportation, or if you do end up in uh, deportation or removal proceedings, that there is a way for you to get a waiver or a remedy to get out of it. In other words, um, if there's a loophole that that lawyer can find. Right. Yeah, we could call it a loophole. But yeah, it's actually making sure. For example, if you plead to burglary of a dwelling, mm -hmm. that has far more serious immigration consequences than burglary of a vehicle. <laughs> okay. Mm. Uh, wow, 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 wow. Okay, or so, trespass. So or, this is yeah. where my uh, PD life comes in. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you ask like why people do that. Two, one, of course, lack of knowledge. Two, I want to get out. I want to move on with my life. Yes. So a lot of times, you know, if you have someone that's sitting in jail um, and they've been offered a time-served offer um, as charge. They're not thinking, if I plea as charge, I'm going to create an immigration situation for myself. They're thinking, if I plea as charge, it's time-served, I get out today. So, you know, even in the plea colloquy, every time anybody takes a plea in the state of Florida, it, there's you sign a plea form that says, if you're not a United States citizen, this plea may subject you to deportation. And when the court goes over your plea on the record, you, it says, again, you understand that if you're not a United States citizen, um, if you take this plea, you may subject yourself to um, deportation. And even though people say yes, they never quite understand, as Althea say, the ramifications, because sometimes, you know, it is a matter of just restructuring the charges to... It's the same degree felony, it's the same degree whatever, but it's just um, a lot of times restructuring what you're playing to in order to make sure that if you do have to go um, in front of an immigration judge or if you have a 
proceedings um, that it, it doesn't affect you. Because people have to remember that I can plead you out today and tomorrow ICE will put an immigration hold on you and I will never see you again. Okay. I don't even know. Like we used to have, when I um, was a public defender, we used to um, have like a way where we would just lose our clients, right? Like they were sitting in the jail. We knew where they were, that we had their number. And then tomorrow they were gone. Mm. And we automatically knew if you can't see your, your client on the computer anymore, ICE has them because they come, they take, we don't know. They they don't ask permission and federal trumps. So when the feds come to the, um, the jail, they turn them over. So it's, you know, so you could think, yeah, I'm playing the time serve and I'm getting out and, you know, I've called your family. They've seen you in the, in the courtroom while, you know, we'll meet you at the, you know, downstairs and, you know, we'll pick up everything and I'll meet you at the, and then it's like, Miss King, you know, they're not there. What's going on? And I'm calling the jail. Hey, I don't see my client. And they'll give me the, oh, we have no information. And that signifies to the attorney after you've done it a couple of times, you know, um, it's an ice hold they're gone so and then with the ice holds you don't know where your client is going so there's no guarantee Mm. because you could be here in south florida and end up in an ice hold in new york there's no guarantee as to where you're going to land a lot of times they say you know yeah you're going to stay in the south florida area but there's no guarantee an ice hold is an ice hold so you might end up in texas you might end up in new york and it's having you're now immigration attorney because there's a whole nother system that they have to look through to try to locate you so that your family members can start to piece together a defense for you, a waiver for you, whatever they need to do to stop that process and to stand in the gap for you. But a lot of times it's not about, you know, hey, I didn't know. It's about, I just want to get out. I just want this over with. And so again, life lesson for what we talked today don't just rush into anything, whether it's, you know, signing that birth certificate because she's so cute and you're going to be with her forever and y'all going to raise this baby. Mm-hmm. That's not yours. Or, you know, signing on for that alimony that's permanent and non-revocable. Non-modifiable. Or signing up for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, non-modifiable. Thank you. Or signing up for that, you know, um, child support until the child is 23. Like, mm. whatever it is, like, you know, <laughs> slow your roll, talk to your lawyer and figure out, you know, what this means for you long term it's hard because in the thick of things you just want it over you just want to get it over with but but everything has you know a reaction so 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 kimmy hold on one second please here it is an individual gets a chance to, to to plea and in taking the plea it may affect their immigration but hmm. In taking a conviction, wouldn't it also affect immigration? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, damned if you do, damned if you don't? Well, sort of. Uh, oh, Ladies, can you all speak to that? Not necessarily. And I think Miss Althea was saying, was about to say, it, it, it depends. Because when you're, like, if I'm on a case and I call Miss Althea, we have a mutual client. And Miss Althea says, okay, I say, hey, he's charged with burglary, armed burglary of a dwelling. Miss Althea is going to tell me, you got to drop that armed and you got to drop the burglary. So then my job, 
given what Miss Althea has told me is when the state comes to me with that time served offer, say, hey, listen, instead of time served, can he add a little bit more time? And would you give him a little bit more time to amend the charges to trespass on a conveyance? Or would you um, allow him to plead to this in exchange for that? So this it, is where you having five. Miss, yeah, I'm sorry, what'd you say? I was saying uh, 364 instead of 365. I mean, you know, there's yes, exactly. Exactly. And is that 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 one day makes a huge difference because now you're talking about uh, state prison time versus county time. So it, it it's just kind of like knowing the negotiation skills. Um, but it's also knowing if you know that you have issues and Miss Althea is working with you on those issues, you got to tell me. Because if I'm pleading you out and I don't know about Miss Althea, that's on you. You can't come back to me and say, well, Miss King pled me out. Miss King ain't know you had a Miss Althea and you had issues. So you mm. have to take the onus to say, hey, listen, Miss King, you need to call my immigration attorney because, you know. So, yeah, it's not a damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's a I have to think this whole process through and make knowledgeable steps with the people that I've entrusted with my <laughs> situation. You okay. agree, Miss Althea? I agree. And I also say, you know, we are not, we try to be magicians, right? But there's sometimes when we can't wave the magic wand and make the, the thing go away altogether. So don't do it. <laughs> don't do it in the first place. But because, you know, sometimes there are some things that are so serious that are considered, considered so serious. And here's the other that are considered what we aggravated right that's a term a legal term where something is considered an aggravated felony which is not an aggravated in in some instances they're not even felonies under the state law so wow wait wait wait, wait 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 hold up an aggravated felony is not sometimes a felony Immigration has its own. Let me let me put it this way: Immigration law has its own set of standards, and the federal statutes and the define things. In some instances, state law does. Though you have to, um, <laughs> you just have to sometimes, as I said, don't do certain things. And if you are in that situation, you have to negotiate your way around. Your attorneys have to neg negotiate their way around to put you in a category where you have some hope of, of getting to stay. Right. And I know she broke up a little bit. So let yes. me make sure that the people heard her correctly. Is that some state charges do not translate the same in federal charges. So please don't say that, oh, well, I heard this attorney say that aggravated felonies don't count. No, <laughs> it's that in the immigration system, sometimes what's classified as an aggravated felony in state Florida state law does not translate to the same charge in immigration law. And not right. even, yeah, not even immigration criminal law, meaning and I'm not, not even federal criminal law, we're saying immigration law in terms of what can cause you to be immediately deported or immediately detained. 
So that's what she's saying. So please understand the, mm. the nuance of that statement and don't go saying, well, my, my, my lawyer says that that's not. <laughs> no. Right. But so, yeah, there are some crimes that are state level crimes that are classified on a state level um, one way that that classification does not translate on the federal level depending on whether it's a federal criminal level, the federal immigration level, et cetera. And sometimes it's tougher on the federal level is what I'm saying. Exactly. Well, okay. speaking of crimes and felonies, since we're here for the fellas tonight, mm -hmm. has anyone ever come across a case? I mean, we know what's on the books, right, ladies? We know what's written. Um, but has anyone ever actually come across a case where a mom who falsely attributed paternity to a uh, gentleman and who was lying was actually held accountable for that. Has anyone ever seen it happen? What do you mean? Like they put the, the, the somebody else on the BC or they said somebody else was the dad? She led dad to believe he was the father when he wasn't. I'm not talking about uh, Captain Savers who know well, that's not even right because you know what it takes a lot to step up when you know you're not the father of a child and say you know what I'm gonna be here for the kid I mean world needs more of those but mm, moving away from those the ones who's just like of course I mean who else would she be with besides me I'm pretty sure I was her first <laughs> those guys they <laughs> I'll let Beverly handle this one. <laughs> So, so wait, wait. So you basically you're asking if there has been a, a case <laughs> where yeah, the has, mother yeah, has been mom deceived the dad or the, the the gentleman on the birth certificate into thinking he belonged there. I'm just curious before we move on, have you have we ever seen a mom be held accountable for that after Water it was found out? all the time? Huh? You have? Water really? is wet. All the time. It <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's not wet when it's dry ice. It is not wet when it's dry ice. And this is what I was saying, DJ Kevin. <laughs> the laws are on the books. There are written penalties. You know. So, I mean, okay. I so but I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. And you You've are. You've never heard of it that a, a woman has named a man that is not the father of the child? Get in trouble for it. She's, I think, yeah, Tasha was asking, have you seen anyone actually get in trouble for it? Like the mom. Oh, get in trouble. Yeah. They get away with it, basically, right? Yeah. I've never seen anybody get in trouble for it. Me neither. Yeah. And so. there is trouble to be had for it. <laughs> but this is what I was telling DJ Kevin. It's like, it's better to, you know, Dads have to get in front of it. That's the whole thing about litigating in court as a dad. You got to get in front of things. If you are waiting for things to smack you, you're, you know, you're going to lose out so, or lose more than you should have. Help us out here. What is the penalty for a woman putting, I was going to say falsely accusing the, a man of, father, of fatherhood, but which is what it would basically boil down to. But what is the penalty for a woman putting a man on a birth certificate and knowing that he is not the father? Well, let's clarify something. A woman cannot put a man on a birth certificate 
Right. Okay. Dad has to be there at the birth to sign the birth certificate. Okay. Here's what happened and how guys are put on the birth certificate, either without their knowledge or, um, or, or through a pro So Department of Revenue has the ability to add a man to the birth certificate without the man's signature, knowledge, or information. And here's how. When DOR starts a case, they send you by mail because they, they try to serve you. If they don't serve you, they'll send you by mail to the last known address on your, birth, on your um, driver's license. Now, we know a lot of the um, people have their old mama's address, their auntie cousin's address. The mail comes. They don't respond. And by the lack of response, mm -hmm. they are now found to be the mother, the father of that child because the mother has listed them as the potential father. That's mm -hmm. the only avenue I know that a woman can put a, a, a man on a birth certificate without him actually acknowledging and being present to sign. All the other ones I've seen... They were there to sign because you can't just put anybody's name on on a birth certificate they have to be there to sign for it there you go <laughs> okay so, so in 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 that situation you're saying then that he has ended up on this birth certificate he he's been given the title of father of the child but it wasn't actually her, the mother, that put him there. It's just by right. kind of default. So, yes. so the mother that tricks the father into being there and actually signing for that, signing on that line that you are the father, and then has to go on the talk show and do the DNA and get told you are not the father. <laughs> what happens to her? Nothing. What happens to her? Okay, nothing. so okay, okay. Nothing. Historically, nothing has happened to her. What on the books can happen to her? Nothing. What? Dad has the opportunity to ask for a DNA. So we, you know, like Tasha said, and you know, we, you know, I know me, Althea, and Beverly are, are si sitting here laughing because we see this all the time. <laughs> And we ask, well, did you ask for a DNA? Do you know how many times we have paternity cases when we say, hey, you know, do you want to get a DNA? No, no, no. I know that baby mine. They look just like me when I was a baby. Oh, mm. Lord. <laughs> it, it's on you. You know, you're entitled to have a DNA before, you know. So even the guys that get put on by the uh, child support office, if they had responded they, the this first thing that they need to do is saying, I don't think this baby is man. I want DNA. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing they need to do is even before the, you know, you can never be careful or sure if you were not married, because the rules are different from married people. Um, if you were not married to her, go get you the little $50 kit, $60 kit, whatever, and run the DNA. That little DNA test is going to save you a lot of money down the road. Yeah, like you don't even like y'all could go get the DNA if you both want it. You don't need a judge to right. give you an order for it. Right. So, 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 yeah. So, Sasha, sir, you, you said there are things on the books, though. I'm still stuck on that. What's on the books? Well, what I'm alluding to on the family side, because, I mean, 
you can disestablish but i mean i think like with anything i'm over to on the family side is the disestablishment and that is child support can go away right the court can say all right establish but yeah and it's not everybody i think you were getting to that too kimmy yeah and not everybody can just say oh well i'm not the dad set me loose it's like well no you know, you had to have acted promptly once you discovered the truth. Yeah. You can't just know and then Even I, I did a disestablishment a couple uh, a month ago or so. And uh, no, it was about six weeks ago. And um, well, client was supposed to follow up with respect to the arrears. But he he owes substantial amount in, in, in arrears. And I've been trying to negotiate with um, DOR to make it go away because it was never his job. And now they're coming to charge him again for the arrears. So now I, you what? know, we, we, so yeah. he, he could get a passport, or he could get his passport back, right? Well, that's another case. I just did finally did get his passport back, but that was right. a whole. Oh but my what goodness. I'm trying to say now we have to go and and do a motion to and go before the judge to have that judge's discretion to do away with the the the, the arrears. As DOR is still fighting to have him pay arrears on a child that was never his. Right. Yeah. Wow. This system. Um, it, because we might go over a little bit. Let me just say thank you to my to my affiliates real quickly. Um, One Harmony Radio to the UK. Thank you very much. NIE Radio to New Jersey. Island Worldwide out to New York. WGLRO. Aliwap Radio, Dusik Media Groups, out of Texas, the Foundation Radio Network, ClintonLindsay.com, out of South Florida. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much for your continued support and and in sharing this broadcast. Um, Sasha, as as Sir. we kind of put a bow on this tonight, mm-hmm. and there's so much more that we could <laughs> get into. Well, I, I think I think there's an internal. A, a, a theme that sort of weaves all of this together and sort of, you know, is if I could write a song, I'm going to get my guitar and write it and just say, don't, don't sign it. <laughs> don't, don't sign it. Don't sign it. I, I'm don't sign it because guitar. she's cute. For don't real. sign it because she's, she cries. Don't sign it just because you want to be done with it and go about your business. Don't don't sign it until you call an attorney. Yes. It, it seems like that's what, whether yes. whether you sign it in ink or sperm, don't sign it. <laughs> Not with sperm, Yeah, or sperm no. But listen, which, we which which sperm doesn't does pop up you. like that. Come on now. <laughs> just, I'm getting a feel for what motivates these decisions. It's it's exasperation, wanted to be done, or wanted to make her happy, right? Yeah. Or wanted to, you know, she cute, she mad, or she wearing me out. Sometimes it's procrastination because I've had clients who the 30 days goes by and they did not respond to that thing from DOR and now they have the child support established. They come Mm -hmm. to you to get rid of it. After the deadline has passed. So, mm-hmm. a lot of procrastination. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. 
Don't sign it. Don't sign it. <laughs> and if they could prove that you got it, you know, it got into the stream of the mail that you normally get and, and, and so on, then I've gone all the way with the appeals. And sometimes you're not going to win those appeals because mm -hmm. your heart says, we could prove that we sent it to you the same way we sent everything else that you got. Right. How is it that you didn't get this one thing of me? Yeah. Right. Right. All right. So, and it's, it's, as Kevin says, it, it, it's not necessarily a system that's set up to um, help no. people win. But in Correct. theory, it's a system that's set up to ensure that parents, whether male or female, um, provide for their children. So that's why in Florida, the Department of Revenue has the ability to serve you by mail. As long as it's the address where your driver's license is uh, reflected, that is service. Think about that. Mm. Because for a lot of guys who are just named randomly by some mm. young lady that yeah. they had a relationship with, blah, 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 10 years ago, or five years ago, or even six months ago, some random from the club that now says that, hey, this is my baby daddy, or this is the, or, you know, father of my child. Oh. You know, they locate you by your, your driver's license with your, your address, and they've tried to serve you in person and you haven't respond. You don't respond to the mail, like Ms. Althea says. You can go through the whole process of appealing and appealing in the Department of Revenue process to appeal. God bless your heart, Ms. Althea, for doing it because I know <laughs> I, I want no parts of it. So the, the best thing is to always don't ignore it. Don't sign it and don't ignore it. Oh, okay, so let's talk about, so that's like two different ends of the spectrum, right? Mm. You know, don't 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 be afraid of it to where you're ignoring it and sticking your head in the sand. That's like one end of the spectrum, and the other is, end of the spectrum is okay, man. I'll sign it. Just give me, right? We yeah. want to stay in the middle, okay? We want to be courageous and open that mail, face the issue, right, with the advice of a professional attorney. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. <laughs> Take your time. Either way, just take your time and face it. Take your time and face it. There okay. So as we wrap up, you ladies are pretty much experts in your respective fields. Um, all coming off the the the, the tree of family law. I I didn't even think about all these other aspects of law tying back to family law. So, Tasha, thank you very much for this eye-opening roundtable um, that you, you've managed to put together. Uh, ladies, if you would be so kind as to put out your respective information, bits of information. And Beverly, we'll start with you because you're up on my screen right now. So, we'll go ahead and start with you. <laughs> <laughs> um information okay so um website is the mcneil firm.com last name roster d-h-e mcneil m-c-n-e-i-l-l two l's and firm f-i-r-m 
mcnailfitness.com. So that's my website. And then you can follow me on Instagram, which is at the McNeil Firm. And Facebook as well, which is facebook.com, the McNeil Firm. So that's how you can find me on social media. Thank you. And, and your area, particular area that you deal with, once again? Oh, Social Security Disability. If you are initially um, wanting to apply for benefits or you've been denied and want to appeal, and that's that's what I do. And I handle adults only. I know that, yes, children receive disability as well, but I don't handle children cases, only adults. So Got you. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. And welcome to the family, Beverly. Welcome to the family. Oh, thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you for the welcome. Okay. Uh, Kimmy. Kimmy, did we lose you? Kimmy, are you there? I think so. Can you guys hear me? Okay, there yes. you are. You're back. Okay. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> dropping their contact information before we go. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was in limbo right there. The screen uh, froze. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, yeah, you can contact me. Uh, my website is uh, com. Um, we're also on Facebook and um, LinkedIn and Instagram, so you can find us anywhere. Um, and uh, the uh, office number is 954-867-6518. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. <laughs> Welcome to the family, Kimmy. And your Thank particular you. area of expertise, once again. Oh, um, so I, of course, family law, um, criminal uh domestic violence. I don't really like to say, but dependency as well. Tasha knows. <laughs> mm -hmm. We don't like to do, yeah, we know. Um, and then I do some um, evictions on behalf of um, landlords only. Okay, perfect. Thank you much. Uh, Althea. Yes, uh, so it's Althea Campbell and uh, the law offices of Althea M. Campbell PA is how you would, and uh, we're on Facebook. It's 954-717-1646. That's 954-717-1646. Um, I do immigration, family law. I also do dependency and general civil practice. Okay, so um, any of those issues, you can contact us. You'll, as I said, you'll find me on Facebook um, and social media generally. Um, yeah. So okay. Give us a Nice. Thank you much. Um, and and uh, who am I leaving out? Usual. That's just you, Tasha. Right, right, right. www.simmonslegal.com 888-311-8511. But you're here on the fourth Monday of each month. So, you know, people know this as your house. You know, this is your broadcast. I just facilitate it. <laughs> so as as usual thank you very much tasha thank you new family members thank you ladies um my 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 new wife and ex-wife i'm i'm <laughs> excited and torn all in the, ma the matter of what 30 seconds <sighs> it's amazing how these things happen um she came in, she left out, but we'll have her back. And I, I, I really hope to have you ladies back, whether in this forum or 
holding it down individually because that's available too. There's a lot of information to be had here and there's a lot that, that we're missing out on as, as parents, as just being involved in a family, as it, it, it falls under the umbrella of family law. And tonight, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of men were helped out and there will be a lot of men and a lot of individuals. Let me just not just stay with the men. There are a lot of people that will benefit from this, whether they, they caught it live or they listen to the, the, the podcast or they check out the YouTube, all of the same name, the Night Shift to DJ Kevin Stew, by the way. But thank you because this information is very much invaluable. So I bid you ladies a good night. You all get some rest. Thank you for burning the midnight oil and hanging out with us. Thank once you again. for having us. Hey, thank you again. Good night, everyone. Good night, Y'all guys. Take Have care. a good night. Bye. Bye. All righty. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. It is where we pull the curtain down and we say, Y'all take care. But of course, the way I normally bounce out, I let you know. Uh, look out for members of your community. Community is not just the development that you live in, but it spreads far and wide. So those that you pass on the bus, on the plane, the boat, or the train, whether you walk, ride, or drive, these people are members of your community. Do something good for one of them today because you never know who's going to do something good for you tomorrow. My name is DJ Kevin Stew. Speaking of tomorrow, tomorrow I'm back here. Healthy Love Night. So tune in 10 p.m. Eastern. And we get to talk health. i give you a little piece of this Lindo tune as I bounce on out of here. It's called Unbreakable. Also want to say thank you to GMAP Music Solutions once again for sponsoring the last segment of this broadcast. You was my girl from the start. Reggae Global Entertainment, the segment before that, Althea and her healing heavenly hands, and of course, Paul C Media Group. Thank you all. You know how to leave your mark. Just the last you me if I'm staying, but it don't need explaining. Smile it, they got showing off your dimples. You a bad girl, we do bad girl things. Say you want a real G. Give it to our good, she a beg for some more. She wanna feel me. You and me together. and salutations one and all you're invited to tune in to the night shift with dj kevin stew it airs on mondays with community and finance tuesdays with healthy love and wednesdays with real talk from 10 p.m to midnight eastern time come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling 
and wind down in musical therapy. The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment.